0: The Charlotte Hornets actually did something on NBA trade deadline day. The most consequential trade deadline day of the Mitch Kupchak tenure. No Brad Wanamaker, no Montrez Harrell on a rental. They actually did something. We break it all down today. Locked on Hornets. You are locked on Hornets. Your daily Charlotte Hornets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. In a minute, we live. We live. We We (laughs) live. Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen. We are free and available anywhere you get your pods. And as always, that includes YouTube. That's Doug Branson. You can find his work, his happy work. On everyhornetsboxscore.com, you can uh, also see him holding it down yesterday on deadline day, going solo. I was doing the radio thing. I'm Walker Mail. You can listen to me on WFNZ every weekday from 12 to 3 p.m. with Wes and Walker, Sports Radio, 92.7 FM. And so I appreciate Doug for holding it down. Before we get started, though, do you think that today is the last day that I can really mention Brad Wanamaker anymore. Like, do I just need to stop <laughs> mentioning Brad because now it's the last time that Mitch Kupchak, like the, the only deadline days we had Brad Wanamaker for cash considerations and we had Montrez Harrell on a rental where Ish eventually found himself back here in Charlotte, which he's gone now, but I just need to know if I can move on from Wanamaker.
1: No, I think it's always going to represent sort of sicko code for expecting your team to do something because you look at the team and go, there are obvious problems here and there are solutions to be had if one would do them on the trade market and then to watch that trade deadline go by. And literally, not, not nothing happened, but almost like something that was trolling you as a fan. <laughs> like, we're going to do something. It's not going to address anything, but we're going to do something. Um, no, that will always, Brad Wanamaker will always represent that sick yeah. code.
0: <laughs> he really will. He really will. So, yes, Brad Wanamaker, Montrezl Herald, those are not the deals, the type of deals that they made yesterday. Instead, they actually did something, and we can dive right on into it here. All right, so... We'll talk about what the Hornets got in return for some of the players they shipped out to different franchises. So it started with Gordon Hayward yesterday. The Charlotte Hornets traded Gordon Hayward to the Oklahoma City Thunder in exchange for Trey Mann and Vasilya Michich, also for forward Daviš Bertans. Included in the deal was a 2024 second round pick and a 2025 second round pick. So Mm -hmm. Trey Mann, Vasilya Michich, and Daviš Bertans 2024 2025 second rounder. That was the first trade. The second trade, the Charlotte Hornets shipped PJ Washington to the Dallas Mavericks in exchange for Seth Curry, Grant Williams, and a lightly protected first round pick. A lightly protected first. <laughs> once we were all waiting Top for two. The protection on the first round pick, it was lightly protected. So here are the two deals that the Hornets made yesterday. That also, by the way, if we want to reference, they also traded Terry Rozier for a 2027 lottery protected first that will go to an unprotected first round pick in 2028 if it does not convey. So that's a lot of core players heading out here, Doug. Yeah. And you were in asset collection mode a couple seconds from the thunder to first from Miami and Dallas. some guys that might play might be big parts of the rotation. We can get to that in a moment, but the real question is how do you view these trades on Charlotte's side? And the ultimate question, the ultimate radio slash bleacher report, we need to get some content up on our website right now. Did you win the trade? Do you feel like the Hornets did that yesterday?
1: Uh, they absolutely won these trades and i don't think that that means necessarily that okc and dallas lost these trades because i think everybody got a little something that they wanted it made these trades made sense for charlotte and, and so in, in that sense they absolutely won and that like you look at the trade and go this makes rational sense for this team to do and I think across the board people that are looking at this commentators you know are are saying yes what the Hornets needed to do was to reset the core and you do that when you ship out Terry Rozier Gordon Hayward and PJ Washington three players that have started plenty of games for this franchise over the past couple of years and then as a consequence of the number of players that you brought in I mean, you're, you're bringing in five players that are actual, you know, most of these guys are actual NBA level rotation pieces that are going to be playing off a bench that Woj yesterday said, look, there's nobody on this NBA, the, this Hornets bench right now that is even going to be in the NBA next season. That's how it's viewed around the league. And, and so now you're adding actual pieces, actual depth pieces, not just for this season, but for next season as well. And as a consequence of that, you're waiving James Booknight, Frank Nelakina, and Ish Smith. So you're undoing some of the work that you were trying to do in terms of shoring up the point guard position that was an absolute failure. You're undoing that. So, look, well, I don't know who was shepherding this whether it was Mitch Kupchak or the ownership group or secretly Michael Jordan and his, you know, (laughs) layer or whatever. But like whoever did this, they had one goal in mind, completely reset this franchise and get it ready for something. We don't know what that something is, but I'm looking at them collecting 2027 first round picks, Walker, and I'm saying that something is not drafting players in 2027. That's something, especially if if the reports are true that they're looking to re-sign Miles Bridges, that's something is make this team into a contender sooner rather than later. So
0: there's a lot to break down, and we can focus on some of the details next week once we gather our thoughts, once we kind of realize the fallout from all of this, what happens with Kyle Lowry, and maybe just the last little moves where we've seen some other guys waived, as you mentioned. But just the overview, rapid fire takes on some of this stuff I'm going to try to provide. Going to Gordon Hayward, I think Gordon Hayward going to Oklahoma City that matters a lot for them because they don't need a vocal leader, they don't need somebody that is going to do the rah rah thing in the locker room that says, "Hey guys, we need to play defense right bleeping now" because he's not going to do it. But they don't need him to do that. They already have their leader, and they don't need to rely on a ton of minutes from him if he's hurt. Okay we've already gotten to a place where we're the number one seed in the Western conference. And then interchanging with Minnesota cool. Gordon is a luxury (laughs) in order to get that luxury. We gave up a couple of second round picks and we gave up Trey man who's talented, but, we have a bunch of young, talented players. Trey Man isn't seeing the floor, so we can send him to the Charlotte Hornets. That's fine. Meechich is the guy too. That will be kind of fun, right? Thirty years old, really nice. Euro League here. MVP, yep.
1: playmaker. I mean, yeah, fun. you look at the, you look at these trades, and you go, the Hornets brought in two things that they needed: depth. And and playmaking and some intense, I'll say three intensity, too. You're getting some intense players in this trade as well. So, yeah, I mean, I I think they address three. Look, this is a team that is so bad that they have like seven or eight different needs. You can't possibly address them all in in one trade deadline. But they knocked a couple out here.
0: Were you laughing real quickly because Zach Lowe said this was some amazing trade for Oklahoma City? Is that what you were laughing about?
1: <laughs> what got into Zach Lowe yesterday? Why was he screaming at me that whole show? Like it was so, that that was that whole thing was odd. No, I was laughing because my favorite tweet yesterday from the trade deadline was, Gordon Hayward is a pu- perfect fit for Oklahoma City. We'll see how he fits with the Thunder.
0: <laughs> perfect. That's a great tweet. You're absolutely right. <laughs> Look at that, <laughs> Doug is done. It's a great tweet. My, I also, my tweet, well,
1: I also love how, like, you know, we're, we're kicking Gordon Hayward out the door, right? Like, I mean, you're you're seeing an article come out in the Charlotte Observer talking about how all these people in the in the organization were frustrated with with Gordon's inability to get out on the floor, which uh. is something that, like, yes, we've talked about here on this show, how we were frustrated by it, fans were frustrated by it, but no one would mention it in the franchise until he's out the door. It's, it's shameful. Like, can it we get some is. leaks?
0: It actually Can we get is. some that-
1: leaks when players are here? Can Terry Rozier say something when he's actually here? Can anyone talk about the problems that this franchise has you know, in the moment, instead of doing these autopsies after the body is already dead.
0: So I don't even care necessarily about I mean, I do I get your point And I think that's also important. But also how much if we're trying to be a professional franchise, then doesn't that take you back a peg? if we're trying to be this actual NBA franchise that does thing at the NBA trade trade deadline, that makes the smart decision that understands that this is not a team that is going to be contending with this type of core. And so let's go ahead and trade them for assets. And then you hold the Mavericks feet to the fire and you get a lightly protected first. And here we are celebrating. And then you want to talk trash about a guy that was already injured when you signed him, who already had the injury history, his ankle was turning 180 degrees from the point it's supposed to. And you gave him $30 million. So it's not like, Hmm. We're frustrated by this. You knew what you were doing. And then as they were leaving, ah, man, we're frustrated. This guy can never see the court. Was that a surprise to you? Was that a surprise? (laughs) Mr. Mr. Plotkin or schnall? Like, of course this is what happened. Yes. Yes. He didn't play over 50 games. And if it wasn't a surprise when you signed him, was it a surprise? The first, the second, or the third year? where he didn't play over 50 games. Like at some point, it's just not a surprise. And so you're right. Just trade him. He's a good players when he's on, when he's on the court, He's not in the organization anymore, so it's done. Just let, don't leak anything out, anyways. All right. So I don't listen.
1: We, I don't. I, I don't. I, honestly, like you know, I'm sure Gordon Hayward's feelings are not going to be hurt. He didn't look very hurt on the sideline night uh, after fine. night. And I, but I didn't see an exit interview. I saw an exit interview with PJ. I'm not sure that I caught the exit interview.
0: Smart by the PR team, to be honest with you. <laughs> Smart. <laughs> There's no reason those replies, even for PJ, you could get a mixed bag. But with Gordon Hayward, you were not going to get a mixed bag. You were going to get something. Whereas. Especially Hayward Muse is tweeting out there. Thank God I don't have to watch the Hornets. If you were watching him, you never had to. So now I'm taking shots. Now I'm taking shots. Now it's gone gone back. Uh, Okay. I I have more thoughts on the Hayward trade. We got to get to PJ Washington. Let's do that. Coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast.
1: Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet.
0: I mean, a lot to break down. Uh, The tease is they did something on trade deadline day and we have a lot more to get to. That's the tease. I apologize for nothing. That's coming up in the second segment of Lockdown Hornets. This episode is brought to you by our friends at eBay Motors. Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy basketball host, Josh Lloyd, to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week, all season long. Whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire, every week we're going to be providing you players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So let's see who Josh picked out for us on this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. There's a Charlotte Hornet in here, Doug. A Charlotte Hornet that's actually healthy now. Cody Martin. (laughs) Cody Martin is on the list. Here's Lloyd's reasoning. Cody Martin, health permitting could find himself in a strong role for Charlotte with Gordon Hayward now in Oklahoma city. So yeah, that might be true. Also Cody did flirt with a career high the last time out. And then another couple of names I'll bring to you. Um, my guy, as you would accuse me of Doug, mm-hmm. Benedict, Matherin, Matherin, got oh, a yeah. healed now in Philadelphia. So that should mean more minutes for Matherin. And then a couple of rookies and Asar Thompson and Taylor Hendricks. Both of those guys are some names that Josh Lloyd is bringing to the table. Josh Lloyd from Lockdown Fantasy Basketball is going to help you win your fantasy championship, and eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. It's the same with your vehicle. So what you need to do is go to ebaymotors.com with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die. You can now make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof rack, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or you get your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber. You're not burning cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay Guaranteed Fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. More Lockdown Hornets ahead. I didn't expect it, (laughs) Doug, for, for our only podcast audience, which by the way, folks, we're still posting these to audio feeds. It doesn't just have to be YouTube. You can catch us anywhere you get your podcast. But for those people that still understand that, Doug brought out the big dub hat and I didn't see it. We go to a graphic, a different one when I read the ads and I talk about our great sponsors and our great partners and Doug comes back with the antenna straight up. Big Oh, Oh, they
1: are up, baby. They are (laughs) way up. They're not going down. Excited, big dumb hat. Consult your doctor because these antennas have been up for about six plus hours.
0: Those things don't need any Bluetooth. I would tell you that. So we can move (laughs) on and talk a little more about Gordon Hayward. I'd want to give the final takes there just as far as the win, right? The only way I, so like I explained this with Nick Carboni yesterday. I think talent wise, I don't, I don't know what the mark is talent wise you probably got what 50 probably like 60 cents on the dollar in return Doug right like I don't know maybe something like that with Trey man young reclamation project Bertans isn't playing he's a great shooter I tweeted that out where you don't need to look up the stats but I'm pretty sure he's made every single shot he's ever taken so like maybe somewhere in that neighborhood right like I don't want to get lost too much in the numbers but I also don't think you could have gotten really anything better. You, you got draft compensation, so when that trade first came in, and the money still needed to be added up, it didn't really work with the first initial trade that was reported. And it was it was Bertans, it was Trey Man, and then we didn't get Mecic in there yet. And then so then we got Michich and then we got the second round picks. And once we got the two second round picks, I think most people are like, okay, I like this a lot better. After Gordon Hayward got injured, Doug, after he started not playing any games, I think a first-round pick was off the table, especially that he kept sitting out. He kept sitting out. If he could have come back and maybe played three weeks before the deadline or something, it might have salvaged it with teams being desperate to contend, maybe. But once he got injured, man, it was going to be really hard to get any form of a protected first-round pick. And so I, I feel like this is probably the best the hornets could do getting back a couple seconds and getting back some guys at at least it addresses some backcourt depth with which this team has needed since like 2010
1: well they're going to continue to need it because we don't know when lamella ball is going to hit the floor again so like just like base level what that deal does is makes the rest of this season infinitely more watchable because you're going to have players like Michich and Man too that can do a little bit of playmaking, and with Man, I mean that contract because it's the rookie deal is so cheap, and if he pops off, I mean if Man turns into the next Monk, going to a different team and lighting it up, then all of a sudden you have his bird rights. You're you're right there in the seat to bring him back at a on a on a second deal that's not going to be like monumental either. So it's 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 just perfect that you can bring man in and essentially do a book night reset, right? Because book night there were all these feelings wrapped up with Clifford having given him opportunities and those opportunities he, you know, failed to live up to expectations. So now you wipe all of that away and you get a player with a very similar profile in Trey man but without all of that baggage. And so now you you've got all of those opportunities. So I think it's a perfect yeah, if you're not going to get a first round pick for a big yeah. expiring contract to me getting young player and another a little bit more veteran player in the EuroLeague MVP and Mecic, but that can do a very specific thing that you're absolutely going to need like that's to me that's a great deal
0: I do. I I think so. I think it's, I think it's totally fair and Gordon Hayward will help Oklahoma city. So I, I I do think that, and it'll be on a rental and the cap space too, like just to make note of this, you know, Bertans is somebody that doesn't have a guaranteed contract. You have an early termination option and that's going to happen in July of or excuse me, January of 2025. So if you wanted to move off of his contract, that's fine. I think you have to put 5 million towards the books until you have that early termination option and then it goes back up to like the 15 something like that but ultimately doug they didn't take on long-term money that is a back-breaking type of salary in order to collect some of these assets which is the most important thing
1: well that's what i'm saying when i said in the first segment that all of this to me adds up to a team that is truly not rebuilding they are retooling because they didn't do something like that had they taken on a four or five year deal with like something that was in the neighborhood of you know ten to fifteen million dollars a year, then I would be like, okay, it seems like the <clears throat> the timeline is a little bit extended, but I, but I think these are all deals that you can either package together with those first round picks and move them. You know, I mean, when the Nets were fire sailing, I was looking at that going, wait a minute, are the Hornets on the phone right now trying to acquire Mikael Bridges? Like the opportunities become endless when you have multiple first round picks yes, at your disposal and and that's going to happen in the in the uh, you know upcoming offseason they also added shooting in this trade deadline as well which is something that this team desperately needs they need to extend the floor a little bit give miles bridges some room to drive like what this deal did i think is eliminate the rest of this season, Miles Bridges and his desire to go hero ball and pull up from like 19 feet. Like, I don't want to see that anymore. If we see that anymore from Miles Bridges, then it's a Miles Bridges problem. Because so far, I've been letting him off the hook for some of these shots that he's taking because there haven't been any playmakers on the floor and there haven't been any shooters that any playmakers could even throw the ball to. But now that's got to stop.
0: It does. Well, if the shooting gets out there, like, I don't know how many minutes are going to come from the Thunder guys, like because Meechich isn't much of a shooter. And I think he might be the guy that you see play the most out of these guys.
1: Yeah, man has the potential to be that if if he gets his confidence back, you know, I think that was an issue change. He's a classic like monk, you know, change of scenery guy. That's what you're hoping here.
0: So let's move on to Dallas because there's a lot to get to there as well. I think, honestly, it's the bigger trade. Chronologically, it goes Gordon Hayward and then P.J. was traded later. P.J. Washington goes to Dallas in exchange for Grant Williams, Seth Curry, and a lightly protected first-round pick. Mm. So Mm. if we want to talk about the first-round pick first, Doug, it ties into your, uh, your point on the Thunder trade the fact that you have now two first rounders in 2027, you are right. Like you can go after a bridges. And th- this is what it brings me to remember when Hornets fans were so frustrated that Charlotte couldn't get in on the Donovan Mitchell sweepstakes. And it was because, all right, wh- why aren't they making a move? well, reports were that the Hornets were very interested in Donovan Mitchell, but they can't compete with New York and they can't compete with Cleveland because they didn't have the first round picks. And instead, remember, they traded up to Kai Jones to go get him and they got rid of that first. And even if it didn't convey, we thought that was a good thing that it was so protected. But in reality, we couldn't use it for in-season trades because other teams controlled it. And so that actually brought us down a first round pick that we didn't own. Now you have two first rounders in 2027. Where teams could talk themselves into maybe the Miami Heat going through that transition they did from the Beetle the Heatles era to this you know Jimmy Butler era, and then you could talk yourself into Luka Doncic getting frustrated enough to where he wants out of Dallas, and oh yeah, now that first round pick is going to go to the Charlotte Hornets, and so now you have two first rounders that maybe you can go after Donovan Mitchell now, maybe you can go after whoever you want to, the next disgruntled star. That actually is okay playing with Brandon Miller and Lamelo Ball. With that being the next young, fun, dynamic backcourt duo, that is this frisky team getting to the playoffs and maybe even competing in a playoff first round series. Like the, these first round picks, even if they're so far out, it's really hard to guarantee what you're going to get at that point. But perception is reality with first round picks. It's always what you know. I, I view it as. Like if, if the NBA GMs view first round picks as so valuable, then it doesn't really matter if you as a fan are like, well, okay. Like it's so far out. No, but the GMs view it as really valuable. Therefore the perception is the reality. They're freaking valuable. So now what happens is you're right. You get to go after whoever you want and help Lamelo and Brandon. And it matters to help Lamelo and Brandon. If you want, want those guys to stay here with a franchise that has not done a lot of winning since the second iteration.
1: Well, and that's why the protections are so important because other teams are going to have multiple first rounders. You want your first rounders to be a little bit more attractive than another team. You want that total package to be attractive and so having a pick that is only top 2 protected as opposed to top 14 protected uh, will be uh, essential in making something happen whether it's, you know, this cup coming off season or the offseason after that. And let me just say like I think the PJ A lot is being made of like the hometown swap. You know, PJ goes home, uh, Grant Williams, Seth Curry, Dell. That'll be a fun thing that comes on. That's all fun. I think this was a vibe reset trade for both teams. And, and what I love is that Dallas had to pay a little bit more to reset the vibes because they had to give up the first round pick. It seems like always when the Hornets do a vibe reset, they're the ones having to pay more. So this time you get Dallas to pay a little bit more. But look, Grant Williams uh, signed in the offseason by Dallas. Instead of going after P.J. Washington, they went after Grant Williams, gave him more money than P.J. Washington made. And... The vi- I think the vibes were off with Grant and Dallas. Tim McMahon is reporting that, that he rubbed people the wrong way within that organization. <laughs> right. I-, I don't think there was any love between P.J. and this organization, especially after how the offseason went, when they hardballed him all the way up to the end of the offseason and and made him take less than he wanted. And and I, you know, I, yeah. I, wouldn't-, I wouldn't say that he um, – that he played like a guy that was necessarily like, I'm going to live and die for this organization. And so I think this is a perfect vibe reset. I think P.J. is going to go and be successful in Dallas. I hope Grant can kind of uh, refine find his, his Celtic glory here uh, back in his hometown. But this was a much-needed wash, you, and with the Gordon trade as well, a much-needed reset of the vibes
0: i i love this trade in fact i'll say i think this is the best bit of business that we've seen from mitch kupchak since he's been the gm here
1: if he did it if it was mitch i don't know you know well, conspiracy. Thing, i know i have the big dub yeah. hat but i might put on the tin foil <laughs> hat here well let me just say let me real quick I, and I'll, I'll let you <laughs> get to your point but
0: <laughs> no, you didn't just have a 50-minute show yesterday. No, it's fine.
1: I'm sorry. But well, how, how, how long are you on the air in Charlotte? You're on for like three hours. I was on for an hour. This is a different platform. I think that's fair. Okay. okay, but here's the thing. If, if it was indeed Mitch Kupchak who had to do all of these trades, it <laughs> it's pretty brutal for the organization to be like, all right, Mitch, listen, you've got to break down everything that you built and 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 if they do indeed remove him after the trade deadline, it gets even more brutal. It's like, hey, Mitch, on your way out, I need you to dismantle and destroy everything that you spent time building on in your time here. That's that's brutal.
0: Well, I mean, at least Miles is here. That was the first draft pick. At, at least for Mitch. At we'll least, get to uh, that. Well, not in this know, show, but I we're know, gonna get to I know, that. No, no, no. So with PJ, so yes, the the PJ vibes check, Grant Williams vibe check, that does need to change. And I, I think PJ going back to Dallas, I think that matters for him. And I think, yeah, like I was trying to remember the point. The point is, I think it's the best bit of business that Mitch Kupchak, <laughs> I think it's the best business that he's done there. God, I'll say it three times. I think for me, the fact that we talked about this, Doug, holding Dallas's feet to the fire, understanding that, no, 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 no. You are the desperate team. If you want to get off of Grant Williams, if you want PJ Washington so bad because you clearly want the stretch type power forward that can bring you team defense that that team yeah. needs, but also can maybe finish around the rim a little bit, which he was much better at doing this year. The two point percentage is back up to what it was on the low volume season. So like with PJ, if you want him, then you need to give us Josh Green or you need to give us a lightly protected first. And if you don't want to fine, we'll keep PJ for the next two years or trade him to somebody that is willing to play some serious basketball. And Dallas is like, all right, fine. You take the lightly protected first. It just, it felt like it felt like we were the smart team, Doug. Yeah. And how many times can you say that? I, it doesn't feel like that happens very often. And it felt like, wow, wow. Hornets just I don't want to say fleeced him you know my thoughts on PJ I really like him as a player but this was good business man like lightly protected I was hoping for a lottery protected first from PJ at the most and they got it even better than that so love it
1: Dallas needed to get rid of Grant Williams and so like that's they they needed something they needed a reset and they've got things to play for so it made sense for them too Uh, I don't I think that Charlotte secretly didn't want Josh Green, but they were they they played it smart. They said, "Look, we're going to hold your we're, we want Josh Green," and they're like, "No, we can't give up Josh Green." But I think the Hornets, I'll say for my part, I would much rather have the first round pick I because would too. then you can go too. out and pair that with the Terry pick yeah. and with your own pick, and you can get a player that is three, four x, five x, ten x better than Josh Green.
0: Yeah, I wonder if what Dallas valued more because it is weird. I I think getting rid of Grant
1: Williams (laughs) getting rid, Yeah,
0: but you didn't have to still. I mean, I didn't I couldn't imagine it was crazy hard, although, you know, I'm a little bit lower on Grant than everybody else is like I think, And so we can get to that in a moment. I'll give you some of those thoughts coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets. Don't go to sleep
1: on the Hornets just
0: yet. We'll give more thoughts on the P.J. Washington trade and then finish this thing up in the last segment of Lockdown Hornets. this episode is brought to you by nissan are you the kind of driver that likes to push things a little further if you uh, have you ever wondered what adventure could be around the next corner our friends at nissan have a lineup of suvs with the capabilities to take your adventure to the next level the 2024 nissan rogue is perfect for city drives and great escapes it's a, it has a class of exclusive Google built-in, and it's always updating. It's always your updating assistant to call on for almost anything. Gone are the days of connecting your phone. Google Assistant, Google Maps, Google Play Store are built right into the 12.3-inch high-definition touchscreen informant system. The 2024 Rogue is the perfect midsize crossover for your next adventure, but it's not just the Rogue. Nissan also has the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder. It has room for up to eight people, an expansive cargo capacity, an advanced available 4x4 capability with... 284 horsepower and up to 6,000 pounds towing. When adventure calls, the Pathfinder is there to answer. Take the Nissan Rogue, the Nissan Pathfinder, or even the Nissan Armada and go find your next big adventure. Shop NissanUSA.com. More Lockdown Hornets ahead. Doug, you technically were not wrong, which, of course... It's Doug Branson, of course. You're not wrong. But the Charlotte Hornets did acknowledge Gordon Hayward's existence in on Twitter by trading him. What do they say to Gordon?
1: I said wishing you all the best. G. There's a highlight package. Gordon Hayward reposted it. Bing, bang, boom. It's over. The Hayward yeah, that, era in Charlotte is over.
0: Right. You technically were not wrong because you said there was not an exit interview like there was with PJ and the social media content. So a little bit different. Even with I I think I think like understandably frustration maybe from both sides, but like also still, Hey, it's not crazy. Like I don't hate PJ. The Hornets don't hate PJ. I don't think PJ hates Charlotte like that. Gordon and Charlotte. It did feel like a little bit, you know, especially with the relationship with the fan base, it did feel a little more fractured. So with PJ, PJ going to Dallas, um, I do think that that's going to hurt this team, but I think clearly PJ is more replaceable than some of the other young stars that we've talked about, right? The BMW thing, LaMelo ball, Mark Williams, Brandon Miller, those guys being here, that's the core you care about. And then Nick Smith jr. We'll see about miles bridges as he and rich Paul told you, they were going to veto any trade. And so we'll see if the Hornets try to resign him. It does look like that's going to happen with PJ going to Dallas. What that does for PJ is it allows him to play on lower volume, that matters. That was the best season he ever put up here in Charlotte when he was on a lower volume. And that was the over 500 season. You're talking about a big on-off differential and only one season where it was a negative on-off differential for PJ here. What was that? That was last year when everything was crazy. Okay. So PJ doing like the actual thing where you play for a good basketball team and you don't have to have him be like the first, the second, the second even third guy, but even Nick Angstad, who hosts locked on Mavericks said he's a, for sure starter. So he's going to go over there and still play a lot of minutes for the Dallas Mavericks. You wouldn't give up a first round pick for anything other than that. Then I, I do think PJ is going to be effective bringing Grant Williams and bringing Seth Curry in return. Like Grant Williams is the more interesting player to me, Doug. I think that's true for everybody else, man. I, I like Grant. Like, I'd, I'd called him PJ Light, right? I think that's kind of how we operated in the offseason, too. They're similar players. I do think there is a little bit of a lighter version here than what you have with PJ. But people are saying he brings attitude. He brings toughness. Okay. I think that's true. Um, He's not been a surefire player in each of the last two spots. You know, with Boston, Joe Missoula didn't love going to him. People criticize Missoula for that, to be fair. Grant Williams goes in in the playoff series against Miami. It probably took too long to play him, but they play better against Miami. They actually make that a series rather than getting embarrassingly swept. They just get embarrassingly beat. So Grant Williams, like, okay, eventually gets signed for not that much money anyway. They really wanted it to work in Dallas, but apparently it didn't. Wasn't playing very well, wasn't getting along with players in the locker room. All right, now he's coming here to Charlotte. It's great that he's home. I think he wants to be home. So it's just, it feels like at least my timeline, Doug, is really excited about Grant Williams as a player. And I'm like, okay, like, I think he's going to help us. I think he can do some nice things. But I, I, at least it it feels like I'm probably 70% there with what I've seen most from Hornets Twitter. And that could just be my timeline, but that's how I feel.
1: I would just warn everyone not to get attached to anyone except for LaMelo Ball and Brandon Miller. Like if you're going out there to buy a jersey, you know what I'm saying? Like I wouldn't go out there and <laughs> yeah, buy a don't Grant, buy a Williams, Grant Williams, jersey. Williams Jersey
0: is what you're saying. I mean, maybe the hometown feel like you can have that, but I'm with okay,
1: you. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're a Vols fan or you're a fan <laughs> of, of uh Grant when he played in high school, that's fine. Like, yeah, go yeah. out and do whatever you want to. Spend your money however you would like. But I'm just mm-hmm. saying I wouldn't get attached to anyone at this point because I don't think that's what these deals were about. They were not about going out and acquiring players who are going to be part of the long-term picture it was about doing things that can set up a more longer term reset that's going to happen at some point in the future that's that's the whole thing the Hornets did get less talented like the the best players in the trade were the players that were leaving Charlotte and going to other teams but I think what is interesting for the short term for the rest of the season is I think even though they lost the most talent what they brought back, just in terms of skill set, is actually going to make them more watchable. It's going to make your eyes bleed a little bit less, especially if LaMelo Ball is not set to return in in the next few weeks. And, and I don't know who's going to play and who's not going to play yet. We haven't gotten any word about what's going to happen tonight against Milwaukee. Um, you know, it's obviously going to take some time. You've got it's like that episode of the office where they merge branches. Like you've got three different branches now having to figure it out. It's not a not an easy task for Steve Clifford coming up over the next few weeks because you're you don't get a lot of practice time. You don't get yeah. another training camp. You've got to integrate all of these different parts together again, and you've lost a big piece in PJ. But I think over the next couple of weeks, you're going to see the hopefully you'll see the ball move a little bit more. You'll see the floor extended a little bit. You'll see more space for driving. You know, I, I think it actually makes them more watchable.
0: Yeah. Um, I, especially with one thing that's weird about this, is you bring up that they're going to be more watchable. I do feel because they get rid of higher usage players because they're more talented. So it makes sense, right? They're more talented. They're more higher usage. They're hunting yep. their shot more. So you're probably a little more privy to bad shots. You got that with eh, PJ. You're getting that with Miles, but you're hoping that you can spread the floor a little bit with some of the shooting. You know, Terry Rogier was fun, but you know, the shot selection had to be forced a little bit and maybe even with Gordon, but now like nobody is talented enough to say, Hey, relax, pal. I've got this possession. <laughs> nobody is going to be like that. And so they're going to have to move the ball a little more. I'm hoping Hopefully. that that leads. Yeah. I think that goes a little bit more into your point. Uh, and, what, and what
1: they and what they didn't do, they didn't move Miles. Yeah, you know, I would not come on here and say that they're going to be more watchable had they traded Gordon, Miles, Terry, and PJ within a deadline period. Right? Like you're you're losing essentially. I, I don't know, 70% of your scoring. And, oh, and yeah. notice I did not say they're going to win a bunch of basketball games. I don't think any of these trades. Oh, I would have checked uh, you if
0: you did. Right. Yes, right. That would
1: have, yeah. <laughs> I, I, it's not going to change the trajectory of the draft pick, which is important too. I think that's a win. Like you didn't want to do anything that was going to, you know, cause you to go from a top four overall pick. I think the Hornets are firmly going to be in that fight for the 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 number one overall selection in this next draft, so that that's all fine and good. It, I think it will make them more watchable, and honestly, like I think it's going to help Brandon Miller and and a lot of these players develop. If the ball's moving, if they if they function more like. Even if they're not winning, even if they're not scoring enough points or defending well enough to win games, if they're functioning more like a version of an NBA team that would compete if they had better shooting, better talent, better, you know, somebody under the rim that could protect the rim at all times, that's going to help the Hornets overall. They need to play better. They don't need to win games necessarily, they need to play better in this back half. That would be beneficial to everyone on the team.
0: (laughs) Maybe we see this effect where the baby bugs just are full of life and energy and happiness. We've seen this. We saw it last year when the Hornets were, it wasn't necessarily all baby bugs, but there were younger players and guys that had bigger roles and they relished that. And here they were being one of the better defensive teams in the second half, or I should say post all-star break. And then we can go back to when the Hornets were supposed to tank. And that was the Dwayne Bacon, like mini breakout before he started the next year. Devontae Graham, mini breakout. Remember when they were like, competing with the Lakers. And that was the iteration, like the transition from Kimba to LaMelo, like you can have some of those moments because those guys are ready and they do relish that moment. And you know, so I'm hoping we see that again, final thoughts for me, Doug, I feel like the Hornets operated like a smart team yesterday at the deadline, putting pressure on people, but also getting deals done, like check, 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 check. In my opinion, I it's exactly what I would have wanted. I I'd wanted like PJ as much as I liked him as a player. This trade is great for them. And it makes all the sense in the world to collect a first. I thought the Terry Rozier pick, especially with that possibly going unprotected in 2028, that would be a great deal in my opinion. And now here you have Gordon off of the books, but you don't take on a bunch of money and you bring on some assets. The Hornets operated like a smart team. And I don't know if we can say that the other deadlines since Mitch Kupchak has been here in 2018.
1: No, they finally came to terms with what this team is and what it isn't, and they made steps to set the table for what comes next because don't get it twisted. The deals that happened are not going to send this team into any kind of new direction. That's going to be the responsibility of whoever takes over in, in the front office, whether that's Peterson or Schlank or some other unknown name that we haven't heard about. That's when things get interesting because my big question coming off of this it is now what? Now what?
0: That'll do it for a trade deadline edition of Locked On Hornets. Have a great weekend. We'll be back with you on Monday to, re, to Monday to recap some of the the fallout. Maybe Kyle Lowry is gone. Who knows? We'll keep an eye on that. And then we have some games to talk about too. We'll see if any of these guys make their debut this weekend, and we can recap that. Miles Bridges convo. James Booknight waived yesterday because of some of the trades. So remember. There's a lot to get to still. Make sure that you're checking us out anywhere you get your podcasts and you keep coming back here to YouTube because we're putting an episode up every single day that we have a Locked On Hornets show. Have a great weekend. We'll be back with you Monday.
1: No Frank Nelakina exit interview either. No, no.